Live? Oh, yeah. Because I don't see the link yet, blood. <laughs> nah, it takes a second to pull up. Right. Now nah, we live. So, okay. listen, Sean King got kicked off Instagram. Uh, Sean King is notorious for the consistent posting about ills and atrocities in the world, particularly things involved in social activism. But in recent, it has a lot to do with what's been going on, you know, across the seas with this war that's happening. And he's been posting the tragedies left and right, right? Um, he, I haven't seen it, particularly because me and him had a rift to where he, he blocked me on IG. Um, so I've been banned from his page for a while, but now he's banned from Instagram. Um, because he was showing the, the, the bodies of the unalived bodies of children. You know what I mean? The unalived bodies of the victims that's been having over there uh, in Gaza. And he's been reporting it nonstop, a barrage of photos and videos, you know, where a lot of people cannot ignore what's been happening. Um, I seen a post. Yeah. I seen a post where a lady was saying that propaganda is expensive. You know what I mean? They spend millions of dollars on propaganda each and every year. So anytime somebody, billions, sorry, billions of dollars, anytime somebody is putting out counter you know, content yeah. um, to the propaganda that they do push out there. That's very expensive for them. So you got to imagine, like, they got whole news sets, and then here you go and make a post on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, round up the and community. you pushing the people in a completely different yeah. way than what their narrative wanted to be. So now they got to spend even more money. So, you know, uh, the more, and then, of course, she was explaining, like, you know, Anytime you want to get a post to get more engagement, you got to type like more than five words so that the algorithm says that it's a conversation. So it starts to boost it more. Mm. Right. So, you know, you got to have these counter effects for things that you want to boost right in the public eye. So it's very important. This is why they don't like certain people who push out counter narratives to what they want people to believe is the truth. Mm. I my thing with the whole Sean King, right? He called Joe Biden a um, what? What's the term? A, a war criminal? Yeah. And when it when it comes to things like that, right? Mm -hmm. I like to look and see is it valid? Is there any like context behind him even making this statement mm -hmm. to make it valid in some in in some kind of way? And I think in this situation in particular, mm -hmm. he got a lot of a good mirror behind that, you know. They over, you know, any anybody who's pro Palestine gets shadow banned on the internet on all the platforms, not just Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. That need to be had since it keep getting censored on all the platforms. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I was trying not to use all of those words you just used in the first five minutes. That's why I was trying to be constructive with the way I said things. Um, you know, it's it's two sides of the argument. Yeah, Sean King is an interesting character. Um, I think he does a lot of good and a lot of exposing of corruption that happens in the world that otherwise would not be done. So a lot of people who don't like him, you know, you can say you don't like him, but that doesn't matter. That's it's, right. it's facts over feelings. The question is like what what he's posting is good, necessary evil. Housing narrative, but at the end of the day, he's controlled for their agenda. So a person to be like, well, he's with Bernie Sanders, right? Bernie right. Sanders is is for the war. You know what I'm saying? Bernie Sanders is 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 you know just the same as those other people you know what i'm saying he was pushing for the biden administration yeah. now he's calling them war criminals 
right? Mm. But it's like somebody like myself and others like me always saying that no, they've been that way. You know what I mean? You a lot of those a lot of people been that way because it fits the narrative of politics that you want to appease the people at the moment. Right. Right. But then when the truth comes out where people been saying, like, bro, like this was writing on the wall, like all of a sudden we're supposed to be surprised and rally behind these things when this has always been the thought process. Like a lot of those people will be afraid to say Farrakhan name, but they'll rally behind Biden. That's where you lose my respect. Right. right? Completely a hundred percent. Right. So but at the same time, I can still recognize a man's work and the worth of that work, especially in today's time where a lot of people would be afraid to sound off those alarms. Right. And it's a reason that they, of course, going to take you off and ban you because they know that, you know, you are going to be getting to people that normally wouldn't have been got to. Yeah. Right. So and your bravery and fearlessness is contagious. Right. So they like to create these large public examples of people. Right. It's like public lynchings to show you, listen, if you do this thing again, this is the consequence. Right. It's the consequence. Yeah. So you have to be fearless and you have to consistently do it regardless, because the goal is, is like there's two forces. It's like even what's going on out there, we don't really know. Right. Some people say it's not black people's problem. Right. Some people yeah. say, listen, we got we got our own fish to fry. We got our own issues to to deliberate amongst each other and fight for. And that's true. And as that's well. true. But should we also have empathy for other groups? No, of that's, people that's that's just a given. I yeah. think that um, if you want to, anybody to have empathy for you, then you have to have empathy for others. Right. Yeah. If you want people to have empathy for what's going on in Sudan and with the Congolese people or, you know, what's happening in Palestine, even for an Israeli, if I want somebody to have empathy for Israeli, it's, it's impossible to say that you're supposed to only look at one spectrum of human beings. Right. And have this empathy because empathy is it's, it's a human innate feature built into our nature. It's not something you cut on and off. Right. When you feel it now. I heard my good brother over fan base say Isaac Hayes was explaining the definition of a monolith. And he said, listen, we're not all monolith. You know, people always say that. Yeah. But That's he was, was giving the, get into something like that. Um, <laughs> the, the definition of monolith. And I'm about to read this real quick. Uh, I know he had this definition. I want to go to it, though. A monolith is a term with multiple applications, it says, right? But it says a monolith derives from the Greek word monos, meaning single or alone, and lithos, meaning stone, right? It refers to a large, single, upright block of stone, especially when placed into or serving as a pillar or monument, right? So that's like the base definition. Now, let's get into the modern way we use uh, a monolith. Um... Well, I guess that would just be it, but because it's used to represent something that we can all stand on. You know what I'm saying? So when people say that we're not a monolith, they're saying basically we don't have a pillar. We don't have a singular thing that we can all hang our flag on. They don't. We don't have something that we can all rally but, but on. That, and but we that's can on all purpose, though. With. They want to keep it diverse. Yeah, but though, forget you know? they. I'm. I'm. I'm at this point where I'm yeah. tired of the the the, the the mysterious they. You. Get to decide for Steve right. what you want to believe in, what you want to hang your flag on. Every man and woman gets to decide that. We got to stop off to where we keep saying that. I mean, it's a war. Like, look at them folks. They over there in Gaza Strip, you know what I mean, fighting every single day, scrapping for their life. Like, 
we we too spoiled and comfortable with the corruption and we take it and we mask that as our identities and we fight each other with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. That was my whole point of even saying that. It's it's divisive (laughs) on purpose. They want us to stay divisive to deflect the whole the the main point of but, the situation. But who is the that? they? Like we man, you know, I'm talking about the government and, man, and the system when man, I say that. It's niggas now that's doing the shit. It ain't the 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 government is the 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 people at this point. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like the government is so busy doing their thing, it's just working on us now at this point. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people are so demoralized. Like you go get me five black men and ask them if they want to work together and what they believe. Like what do you what do you believe? Do you believe we're the children of God, right? Mm. What do you believe? Do you believe that we the chosen people that we, it's our time to rule, and everybody can't agree on? So I listen. So I ain't saying that. You know, of course they had a hand in the the the, the identity in the back of it, but at the end of the day, now we just got to find the people who are on that same path and be like, yeah, we are a monolith. I don't know about y'all because every other community gets to be it. So, so do you agree that them trying to, you know, ban him for using that term is to try to save the um, international perception of this country? Which term? The war. He's a um, war. What's the term they use? A war criminal. By calling Joe Biden a war criminal because they're trying to save face of the country. Oh, well, I mean, it ain't they saying it. That's, that's just Sean King saying it, I believe. Yeah, but it caused a lot of debate, though. I've seen that on a lot of blogs today. You know, a lot of people talking about it. I mean, they, the government hasn't seen. I mean, anything, but what? But what? I mean, like that's calling a president a war criminal is just calling presidential. Mm. You know what I mean? At this point, it's, it doesn't really hold that much weight or merit, to be honest. Especially when the the activist is just going to tell you to still vote for the the, the Democrat, because mm. even when here's the problem that I have with a lot of. Them. They get so angry and they get so mad. Trump is not president. So I don't have to speak on Trump. He's not president. You know what I mean? So I'm speaking on Biden because he is. I don't have to speak on a candidate. So anytime you talk about the person who is the president at the time, then they be like, oh, but you, so you pro-Trump? So it becomes (laughs) this thing where you can't even have a conversation on the sitting president because the possibility of a candidate so you saying that now he's absolved of anything he does and you can't even have a public discussion about it. That means that there's no point of uh, 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 the goddamn politics in the first place. There's no point of the vote in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to have your vo- your voice and your so-called vote. Right. Not one without the other. So if you can't speak a truth because they may sway somebody against an opponent. Right. Then you saying that you don't want to use the truth as the reason to get them to vote in the first place. Right. So now you want to go along with the established propaganda and ignorance. Right. So that you can keep people subservient so that they can do what you want them to do. If you can't speak truth and get people to rally behind an opponent, you have a very weak campaign to, be, to begin mm-hmm. with. You know what I mean? You starting off as a loser. So I don't like that because I think that that's weak and it's indefensible. It's like you got to be able to speak truth regardless and then be like, okay, here's the exact truth. They ain't doing this. They did this. They didn't do this. This they politics. This they campaign. Blah blah blah. Say, now give me your reasons why you against these particular candidates. Not just these yeah. blanketed emotional, you know, uh, 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 tirades that people go on. So what's, what's your thoughts on people who got platforms but won't speak on it? Do you, well, like, what's your what's your whole thought, Chris? 
on the thought process behind that. What, like, or you uh, feel like people just stir away from the the controversial topics on purpose? Of course, everybody stays away shit, from you know? them on purpose, and, and and because who wants to be the person that has to be the sacrifice? That's mm. the whole thing. The revolutionaries do that. Everybody in revolutionary, you know what I'm saying? And, and and that would be fine if those people that didn't want to be revolutionaries still helped the revolutionaries, right? That's the way I look at. It. Everybody doesn't need to be the voice. Some people need to finance the voice, right? If you go back to early early ages, decades in this country, right? You always had the revolutionaries out there, but then you had businessmen and politicians that helped the revolutionaries in the positions that they was in, right? Mm. So you even had the gangsters that come around and help the revolutionaries. Nowadays, revolutionaries a lot of times just on their own, right? So what they end up having to do and you know, the, the, the activists now end up having to go to corporate America for funding, right? And so when corporate America gives them the funds, there's certain things that they can't say. Right. And certain things that they have to say, certain things that they have to do. So then that's when you become controlled opposition. Mm. Some people look at, you know, I've seen people still are calling out, um, 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 what's Cal- his name, DJ, DJ Cal- Cal- That's That was my reason for asking that. I just I think I think DJ Khaled should say something. Yeah, I think I think because he's Palestinian. All right. So what what about the people who say, well, he grew up in America, he never been over there. You know what about those? What's what's the what's your thought process? That don't mean nothing. (laughs) He should still speak on it. That don't mean nothing at all. Because it's wrong. I mean nothing at all. Yeah. I mean that's just a debate that I've seen going on. It's not even a debate. It's just a fact. Yeah. If you Palestinian and you have one of the biggest platforms in the world, why wouldn't you speak on it? Is the question, yeah. right? So the only reason you wouldn't because you would be fearful of losing your endorsements, your deals with who, with the very people that are on the other side, right? right? So you know, especially when you got friends who are speaking on the opposite. He knows Mayweather. Mayweather said, "I'm sending a plane out there." He knows LeBron, Brian, Brian said, I'm, I'm on these people. He knows Tom Brady. Tom Brady said, I'm with these folks. Right. So he can't come out and even help with a neutral stance? Come on, man. Like, like at, at a certain point in time, it gets a little ridiculous. All right, so then let's go back to what you just said previously, right? You say some people don't have to be the voice of it. They can, that's finance. What if he want to choose that stance instead? Nah, because the power that he has... Is being a voice. Mm. That's that's always been his power. He's been a voice. He has one of the. He's a Palestinian, and he is the most famous Palestinian in the world. So, your your platform is always going. That's like me. You know what I mean? Because you start getting money, then I stop saying stuff. Yeah. What do we call that? We call that selling out. Let's just be honest, right? So there's no, and that's why I say he should speak because there's no way of getting away from that stigma now. Yeah. Right. You got I seen Macklemore speaking on it. Right. You got famous models and it's even more now. It's 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 even um safer to even speak about Gaza and what's going on. And he still has an issue to statement. So I think that he's finding himself on the wrong side of history right now. Mm. That's just my thought. You know, it, it, you know, 20 something thousand of them have died. Like, mm-hmm. at this point in time, you're not Palestinian if you don't say nothing. I'm just being honest. So he ain't Palestinian if you don't say nothing, all right? Like Biden said, you ain't black, you don't vote for him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, that's just my thought process. 
I think the people, the people said they agree in the comments. I'm looking at him. You know what I mean? What's the comment segment? What's the question in the comments? Man, I know somebody done wrote a question. If you guys don't need the Wi-Fi on your phone, turn it off. Because the Wi-Fi kind of weak in here. Okay, oh, yeah. Let me turn it off. Let me go to... But, but I mean, that's just... That's a reality, though. It's like... With the whole Sean King thing, I think Sean King, he... You have to understand, Sean King also has connections with people in Meta, right? Um, so when you got these connections, it's a, it's, it's a, it had to be at the higher ups that made that decision to cut off his platform. He didn't think that that platform was going to get cut off. You know what I'm saying? Because there were certain, there are certain Instagram accounts that have basically like immunity. They can say what they want to. They can skirt away from the rules. So it had to be a lot of pressure. No. He been doing this. He, he said been, he never he definitely been doing this. His account, he said his account never was suspended before. Sean King actually reached out to me about a year ago. He DM'd me, sending his gratitude toward the show, and was like he would love to help in any way he could be on the show and all of that. But, I, you know, I just tried to look at the DM. <laughs> you can't even pull a page up at all. <laughs> well, that's because he blocked all of us. But, I mean, you know, it's his prerogative. I ain't tripping yeah. off that. I don't hold no malice in that regard. Yeah. I think that everybody has the necessity in war. You feel me? And his was running his page and his program and pushing, and he's got a lot of people out of jail and things of that nature. Mm. So I think a lot of the disdain that people have for him is unwarranted in a lot of different ways because if you're not willing to do the work that somebody does, then you can't ask them to be removed from their position. Yeah. That's the way I think about work. You know what I'm saying? If you're not willing to do the work, then you shouldn't do it. Shout out to SBR, um, Charge Duca says she made a rug for the show. Man, I would love to see that rug. Definitely. Okay, so today is December 25th, a.k.a. Christmas holiday. Now, we're going to get into some little controversial topics today, right? My question is, why do you think black people still so attached to Christmas in modern day times? I think that we are, we're creatures of habit. You know, I think it's that simple. Um, yeah. When we creatures a habit and, you know, we don't like giving up those things. I think that during these times, these cycles that we're going through right now, um, Christmas is the, the Christmas has a chokehold on not just black people. I don't like to just look at it as just black people doing it um, all over the world. I see Muslims celebrate Christmas. <laughs> mm. I see. I know. I, I did too. I ain't gonna lie. I got some close friends. Uh, I seen it with the Christmas yo, tree in the background, barbecue. Christmas said, got a chokehold. <laughs> I think Christmas is like yeah. the number one holiday of all holidays. Man, Christmas, like people try to use the, the term, it's the family getting together. But I'm telling you, it caused so much dysfunction when you don't get people gifts that they wanted. <laughs> but I don't need tired of me. The dysfunction shows on that we, day. We gonna go to that part. But yeah. like think about that. It's 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 Muslims who celebrate Christmas. That's how much of a chokehold Christmas got on people. And part of it also is a nostalgia that's tied into it. Christmas you think about there's movies, the Mariah's Carey song got the culture in the chokehold. Home Alone got the culture in the chokehold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is all of these movies, all these different things that's tied to it. 
So, you know, it, of course, we know it as a pagan holiday. We know it as a very ritualistic holiday. We know it as part of a celebration of Nimrod, right? But most people don't know that, right? So, and the people who do, there's, there's a such thing as dominant forces, right? Dominant forces, when we're born, there's certain dominant forces in the world um, that will automatically sway us towards them right. because they're so frequent and they have so much power. Right. Um, like, let's look at the American flag. You're going to know the American flag, the red, white and blue. Right. You're going to hear the anthem and you're going to know at least the humming rhythm of that anthem, whether you want to or not. It's a dominant force. It's been around. Right. Um, there's the McDonald's. Most children by the age of 10 can identify McDonald's by the age of six can identify McDonald's. It's a dominant force. Christmas is something that happens every single year. Yeah. They have their rituals with their trees. They have their songs. Santa they have Claus. their movies. They have their colors. They have their characters. Yeah. Right? It is a dominant force. Right? Just like every other holiday that comes along with the cycle. What happens during this cycle? People are more depressed. They have less sun. Right? So in this cycle, people are getting their joy from being around other people. Right? Yeah. When you're around people, people are suns. They give off radiation. So just being around people in social environments make you feel good in the season where people go through seasonal depression. Right? So it's, it's perfectly placed at a particular time where people actually need family. Right? You're in the wintertime. You want to be joined up with family. You don't want to be alone. Yeah. Right? So Christmas keeps people in a chokehold as well because of the placement of where it's at in the cycle. Right. Of the year during this time. This is a, where everybody is on their cycle, if you will. So I think that that's an important thing to think about. Can you adjust my camera a little bit so that it comes in a little tighter? Not tighter, but the uh, the frame is not so blurry. It's a little blurry. I believe you can adjust it a little bit. Mm. But I believe that that is um, a reason outside of like the beliefs and the faiths. So people like to be a part of something. The easiest way to be a part of something, you put on a red hat and people sh sh spread what? The Merry Christmas spirit. So we're, sh we're literally, people are in spirits, right. right? And there's a spirit that gets spread around, right? The Merry spirit. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that people know that if I want to be a part of something, I want to socialize, I want to be connecting in a group, Right. Um, then I can easily be a part of it by joining in on this practice, joining in on this ritual. And so it starts to dominate because people say, what's so bad about it, right? What's, yeah. And so they're not thinking of it as spiritual forces that allow these things to continue because it's an egregore. It's a practice of a ritual that's connected to a dominant force that is here to sustain a paradigm, right? And keep it with, going. With, with religion mixed in it. <laughs> They try to say this the yeah. day Jesus was born. Well, no, everybody knows that that's yeah. not true. There's no evidence to support that whatsoever. People don't care. We're no longer at the place where people have morals. Yeah. It's demoralized. So they no longer care whether it's truthful. Right. We're at that place. So truth is not um, one of those things you can use to sway people in the direction. Yeah. Right. It's emotions now. So you have to get people to emotionally disconnect from it. Right. In order to get them to be swayed into different areas. People be like, well, I know that. Oh, OK, I heard that. This, that and the third. So now they like, look, the truth don't bother me no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? The truth don't move me. That's what people are saying when they say, I know that. I don't want to hear that. This, that woke stuff. What they're saying is, yes, I know the truth, but I don't care. Right. Yeah. 
So, you know, in order to dominate uh, something like that, you have to create a competing force, right? What is that competing force? It's one thing to fast from something, right? It's, it's in the movie, leave the world behind, leaving the world behind. You have to fast from the world, let the world go, recognize the signs mm. and be truthful to those signs, right? And heed those signs and act accordingly. People don't want to do that. I'm going to tell you one of the quickest things, fellas. First of all, it's going to save you money every year, okay? Yeah. Which camera is it? Right here? It's going to... It's, it's gonna it's gonna save you money every year, yeah. You know I mean, Javante Davis just saved a whole lot of money going Muslim. <laughs> Let me just let you know. And that boom, let's let's pause it right there. Shout out to the boy Javante Davis for doing that. He got a great a big platform. A lot of people need to convert. You know, actually, Islam is the fastest growing religion in modern day times. Yeah. Sure, so sure. people say they do it for the children. Yeah. Hold up. Hold on. Say. Let me get this thought out. Okay. Go ahead. Now. I'm at a dilemma right now. I don't celebrate Christmas no more, right? I haven't celebrated Christmas for a few years, actually. However, I still got siblings and family members who think I got to be obligated to still buy gifts on this day. And I'm telling them, don't even send me the Merry Christmas, Happy Merry Christmas. I probably don't turn the phone on, do not disturb on this day. I'll be having my mind made up. Mm -hmm. I don't celebrate it no more. But don't try to make me feel bad and try to use the kids for. What about the kids? They celebrating. Now how did? What's the? Give me, give me some, um, some game on how to deal with this dilemma, man. <laughs> listen, really. listen, listen. Telling you raising them children to be Muslim. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's what? You know what I'm saying? I right, listen. You yeah. you better put on that next time they they FaceTime you. Go put on a black suit and a red bow tie. <laughs> and when they ask, they say Merry Christmas, you say Assalamu Alaikum. And then just pause and let the silence just hit them. They hit you with the Merry Christmas, what are my gifts? Yeah. Assalamu Alaikum. See? First of all, the gift you have is the gift of life. You were born into this world a gift. You don't need some silly meddling lie. To go to your children and tell them that some white man, they sit on this left. First of all, I think it's weird and perverse. Yeah. There's no other holiday that got these old people, you know what I mean, that play along and dress up cosplay. Because you don't know who they are the rest of the year. Yeah. Because first of all, I think you got to be a weird character to just be ready for, for, for Christmas. Right? Christmas is like basically only one, one Halloween character. And that's Santa Claus. So there's these old men. Imagine you being an old man, right? And you decide that you want to grow your beard out all year long so that you can become one of the Santa Clauses <laughs> so kids can sit on your lap and they can tell you whether they naughty or nice. And you telling man. me it ain't something wrong with that man that participates in that. I think he's a certified weirdo, yeah. but that's just me. Now, this is another dilemma that I see going on. When you got single parents or whatnot or you got one parent that celebrate christmas but the other parent don't and they raising the child together what's the advice for that like how do you raise a child you know what i'm saying when parents got different belief systems you know what my sister goes through that my my niece wrote this beautiful um dissertation for her school and she was explaining name is my aunt and she was explaining the you know like her identity and growing up with two different um religions her father's a christian her mother's a muslim 
and having to explain her name and having to correct teachers and things of that nature. And, you know, going around her, 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 her grandparents on one side and she's practicing Ramadan and, and, and not participating in Christmas when she around the Muslim side. I think mm. it's, it's more so about the conversation that you have with the child than it is about the adult. The adult can be disappointed. I don't care about the adult. They can be angry. They can be mad. They can be wild. They can rip their hair out. What they want for the child doesn't matter. It's about what the child wants for themselves. And these children are intelligent. They are intelligent enough to understand the meaning of something. They are intelligent enough to know the truth about something. So if you tell the child the truth and be like, hey, I, I, this is who I am. This is the truth about it. This is what I practice. This is why I don't practice. And that's going to be that way forever. Now, listen, I will do it off cycle and I will celebrate it and I'll give you gifts for some other reason. But I don't want to participate in it. And then for me, it's, it's just all about explaining things to him. Like, listen, communication. your, your anyway. mother will not like this. And so she's going to do this, that and the third. So now the child is going to remember that. She's going to see all of that and be like, OK, I get the, the logical understanding of why pops do things because she has to get into the flow of understanding you. And then ask the child, what do you want? Right. But a lot of and it, that only happens at a certain age, because as a child, child children, I mean, like young children don't know what they want. They don't they haven't developed consciousness. So you're literally programming all your wants, ideas and wills in that child. Right. So you tell them they want a gift. They don't know that they want. They don't care. They just want a gift. They mean, why they got to be for Christmas or some fat dude. You can mm -hmm. tell them a whole nother story. Go ask Chat GPT. Come up with a better story than Christmas. Yeah, you know I mean, you can come up with your own ritual if you want to. You can practice Ramadan or Kwanzaa if you want to. Or you can like I think that like if I, I, I don't have a child, so I'm, I'm and I do have a lot of nieces and nephews. And regardless, I don't think you have to have a child to know what you would want to do once you have one. What I what I do like when I on holidays when I see people posting gifts is like instead of buying like toys and shit, I be saying some parents gift their kids with land or LLCs and stuff like that. Some stocks, you know, I, I like those type of gifts for the for the children and whatnot. You know, yeah, get they, you know, them kids ain't that smart. First of yeah. all, first of all, America is 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 overweight, undereducated, right, and jobless. You know what I'm saying? They ain't got no money, right? So. First of all, if you don't want you want your child to have a nice Christmas or you want them to have a good life. You want them to have a good mind, a good heart and spirit. Right? You want what you want a bunch of spoiled children cuz you didn't have something? That that to me doesn't matter. Right? So the the goal is like these children are very smart. We had a um a program that we did with children with stocks and we were teaching them how to pick stocks. Mm -hmm. Right. And we showed them what they should the fundamentals of stocks. So, you know, why they would pick a stock. And basically we gave them a um, we gave them a competition that they were in. The person at the end of this, we buy them a certain amount of stocks and give them a certain amount of cash, whoever wins. Right. So what they had to do is pick a stock and the best performing stocks. Right. From what the children pick and the reasons that they pick, they win after a certain quarter. Right. So we found that there was a couple of children that end up being really good at it, after giving them just simple, you know what I mean, education to understand these things. And they also understood that it's a reward system. All of these things operate on reward systems, right? Yeah. Reward or punishment are why we do things, right? We connect it with a feeling. It's good or bad. So if you say, hey, 
you know, this is, what do you want? They say, I want to go buy me lip gloss and things on whatever the children buy nowadays. Okay, well, this is how you get the money. And then, so that means that let's back it up a few stages. Level one, right? You sit down and you learn. If you learn and you develop your mind, then it's going to come with this reward. Then this reward, which is the money, of course, allows you to buy the thing that you want. What happens with children a lot of times when they got to work for something, it changes what they want and what they will spend their money on. Right. So now a lot of when you give somebody something for free, what they spend their money on is completely different than when they got to earn it. Right. So your child don't even really know what they want because they haven't earned what they want. Yeah. Right. So just giving them something is not enough. And the, the grade system in America doesn't matter. Your child get a good grade in school. Who cares? Right. It's just a factory grade system. It doesn't say that they're going to accomplish in life, be smart. Doesn't say that they got good morals, heart, creativity, innovative. Right. Mm. Whether they're going to, they have the ability to go through life and be successful. So that's not it. You have to start finding um, systems that reward them for their development into better human beings and optimizing their own function and, and reaching the climax of their own thinking. So if you can't do that year after year, if you're going to spend the money, you might as well create a system where you're spending the money on something that's yeah. developing that child. Because when it, when it comes to the holiday, that's all I think about. I be like, damn, I ain't even want to, I ain't create no budget for this. I got to buy this gift. Don't right. let you have our nieces. Women, you know, women need, they Look, need some every day. I'm so glad. I, you know how I many nieces, nephews I got? I got, I got eight brothers and sisters. I ain't got nothing but Nine brothers and sisters. I ain't got no nephew. I got a Nieces, lot. Sisters, they got a birthday. They, they birthday is almost every day. Every man. single day they got a birthday. I'm sure somebody's birthday was yesterday. Speaking of birthdays, right? Too many birthdays. When it comes to gift giving, right? Why do people feel entitled? Like, or, or, or make you feel like they unappreciated of the gift that you give them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a dilemma, right? I tried to get somebody a gift, right? No matter who it was. But they was upset because they wanted more. Mm. Or they expected more. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, I feel like when I get to the point where I got to explain why why you going to give what I, what I was decided to give you based on instead of what you wanted, then I, that take out my whole... Joy, or even want to get you a gift in the first place. Now you know I might not even give you the gift. Now you know at all. Well, you it's it's well, all how about to, how you deal with folks. Yeah, you got to set expectations and boundaries and, and, and limits with people. You know, it, it, most people don't know what they want until they want it, right? People don't ever want to tell you what they want because they don't really want exactly what they want. They want more. People always want more than what they deserve. Yeah. I truly believe that. And people don't really know what they want, right? Sometimes they don't want to tell you because they don't want to burden you. But honestly, people don't really care about burdening you. And you can tell because when you give somebody something within your means, they want more. They don't think about, okay, maybe this person, this is this is the best. They, they still looked out for me, right? And this was the best means that they had at the moment because I don't know what their plans are for themselves. They may be budgeting, they may be I doing. I mean, that's that's but that's logical. But that's that's yeah. that's where the real love comes. Yeah. So you're not responsible for somebody not thinking of you, right? Like, and if they don't have that ability, they probably won't be like that for the rest of their life. So what you're going to continue to go through this cycle of over caring about somebody that's that doesn't even think about your circumstances when you 
are thinking about them. A birthday is not supposed to be some entitlement, right? Mm -hmm. To where a person is supposed to, you know, sacrifice to give to you to celebrate what? Right? You being alive? No, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be a celebration of appreciation, but it doesn't always have to come in the form of uh, uh, of monetary gifts. Yeah. If you can't, if, if spending time with you and showing love to you sometime ain't enough, something wrong with the condition of a person's mind. You know what I'm saying? Now, when you start to have these expectations of what you think a person is going to give you, then that's why you disappoint yourself because right. you've expected more than what that person means the capability may have been based on what you think that they should give you and what you think you deserve. I kind of blame us as a people, though, because we we, try, we we popularize the flexing and turning up so much that when it comes to situations like this, people are feeling entitled because of that. They get to count in your pockets. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They get to write, well, you was just... You just in Miami. You just went overseas. You just did, flashed all this money on Instagram. Why you? Dang, that's me. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't prop money. You just never know. You know, like, but I blame us for real, for real. Though. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's the you can't people can't get out of the social media yeah. stuff, right? Um, anytime somebody asks me in family, they never <laughs> ask me what my financial situation is before they ask for something. No, they don't care. That's why. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't care. All they care about is your ability to help them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if you say no, then they think you don't care because they look at the way that you show love to them is by giving, even though they never give you anything. Man, everything is be about money, bro. Like, when I wake up, it's like, you go in the store, right? Before you check out at the counter, they ask you, do you want to leave a tip? Now, that's... Never mind, you probably went in five, six stores today. You done left a tip at a couple of stores. But this particular store, I went to the coffee shop. I pressed no tip. The lady said, thank you for being nice. I say, shit, I went to seven different stores. Everybody ain't getting no tip today. I don't be giving tips to everybody. <laughs> I'm going to you. First of all, <laughs> for me. If, if you, I believe that if you're not actually serving someone, then you don't deserve a tip. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if if... If I'm not sitting down in like a restaurant setting, you don't deserve a tip. If I give you something, then I just must be feeling wealthy. You I know just, what I'm I just don't. Like I don't even the, think the tipping become about money. I don't even think <laughs> tipping is necessary completely at all. Yeah. Honestly, I think that what needs to change is, is the wages. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, or build that into the prices. You know what I mean? But I think that the idea that the customer has to pay the server right is completely different. You know, and I'm go I always tip everywhere I go, and I think I tip really good, right? But I think just that idea because stuff is expensive. America, first of all, California Man. is expensive, so I do understand that person having that same issue though. Like, if you think it's expensive for you to shop there, imagine the person has to work there, right? And all of the issues that come along with that, I never know a person's life, so I always like to tip because I never know when I'm being an angel to somebody. Mm. But at the end of the day. Society and life is expensive out here. I never feel poor until I buy food. It don't matter what it is. It's food that's so goddamn expensive. Every time I go buy food, it's like spending <laughs> it's like fifty dollars. Like well, a hundred dollars. Yeah, once you break that hundred, it's over. Bro, I'm like, let me get them wraps <laughs> next. I'd be a hundred. A hundred. My food is expensive. I was gonna buy something to drink. That was like six dollars. I said, man, let me put this back. Yeah, no, food is so expensive <laughs> and disrespectful nowadays. I like 
it makes you want to fast. Like, dang, every time. Like, I got to, like, really bring a lot of money out the house just to make sure I go and I can go grab me some food. <laughs> like, it used to be you can grab a 20 off the dresser, you outside. Man, I'm damn near ready to buy somebody food stamps. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's getting real. Hey, listen, here. if you got some... Listen. That's <laughs> steps. Let me quit playing though. But um, oh, I seen this study today, right? It says, let me let me go and be precise with it real quick. One second. All right. It says apes can recall and recognize friends they haven't encountered in decades. Mm. Mm, so I wanna know when it comes to humans, right? Mm-hmm. I can forget somebody that I went to high school with, right? But an eight can remember their friend that they ain't seen in decades. <laughs> what can we take from that as, as humans? Like, should we pay more attention to our um, social connections? Oh, uh, I mean, I or do we outgrow our social connections, which is why we don't stay in tune with them? I think um, I don't take much from apes, but I will say this: it's an interesting fact. Um, I think human beings are the same way. Of course, I think what we don't know how to do is recognize our enemies. I think mm. we over we think everybody is our friend. I think that's a lot of times our problem. Yeah, you know I mean, and we know we're not really keen these days at recognizing change, right? So we don't recognize change in the environment. We don't recognize change in people. So we constantly want to treat people the same. Mm. And I think that that's the problem in. We kind of freeze frame people in our mind that, oh, I haven't seen you in years. You're that same person. No, that person went through three years of change. Exactly. Right? So now, every time you meet somebody, and you you could be away from somebody for a day. And, and something could happen to them. them. Yeah. yeah. So every, it's, it's, you got to constantly refresh re, and update every time you meet and re-meet people. Refresh, update. Am I still friends with you? Who are yeah. you? And I think that that is a better way of going about it to keep friendships in a constant state of restoration so that you're not friends because you're friends you're friends Mm. because you're staying in alignment with each other you know each other you care for each other things of that nature you still got each other back there's reciprocation right there's emotional support things of that nature but the idea that you you know can place your burdens on somebody because they're supposed to be your friend or idea that you think you know somebody you can treat them a certain way because of the longevity of a relationship i think that that's incorrect Mm. People post to change, and I applaud. I mean, yeah, the only thing in life that's permanent is change. Literally, the only thing. So everything is either being born, growing, dying, and reborn. That's just the cycle of life, and that's real talk. I wanted to get into this um, real quick. This uh, hold on. This age of Aquarius. Mm. Let me pull it up. I have my notes here. Because I seen, um, what was that? Robert Edwards talking about this. Now, some people in the comments, they know about this. You see any good comments yet? Mm-hmm. We'll take a question from the people after I go through this age of Aquarius stuff. So, the age of Aquarius, of course, goes from astrological belief. This is a real thing. And you're talking about the emphasis uh, and what it represents in the people that live in that age. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So the spiritual awakening is an emphasis on individuality, humanitarianism and technological advancements. Now, this is always foretold before SARS and people live into them. Right. And so we see that a lot. Individualism is heavy. Right. Everybody cares about the ecosystem and the earth. That's the humanitarianism to me, even though you're talking about yeah, humans. Huh? You got off the Wi-Fi? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, um, in a in shoe the, closet. Under the steps, in the closet. What's like, you say the, uh, hold on. Let me see, can y'all hear me, peoples? Press one if y'all can hear me clearly. Make sure that y'all philanthropic my topic. You know what I'm saying? What the people saying in the comments? I don't see nobody pressing one. Oh man, we trying to we 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 trying to carry this on live. It's a, where people pressing one now. Yeah, so All right, cool, cool, cool. Y'all do me a favor. I need everybody to press like, press the like button on this post so we can increase the engagement of it. Now I'm about to go back into my um, age of Aquarius. All right, cool, cool, cool. Some people were saying it was choppy, it's freezing, but I think we back. All right, cool. All right, all right, all right. So let me get into it. So the age of Aquarius, um, and this this is something I'd rather have, like, you know, a master teacher around for. Um, my brother Blue Pill be going deep on these subjects. And Bashir, I'm pool, he could probably go deeper on these subjects than I do. But I want to talk about it because I think that it's relevant to why the world is the way it is. Um... The social dynamics during these times is predicted to be a foster global consciousness, unity and a shift away from materialism. Now, the way you see the future is you look at the the next generation. So you look at the Gen Z's, you look at the alpha generations, right? Those are the generations that are going away from the ideas that their forefathers and their parents had. Right. The problem is 70 percent of the wealth is held by or hold on. What was the statistics? I think it's, it was something around like most of the wealth is held by people that are like 70 years and older, right? That generational shift of wealth has mm -hmm. not been granted to the next generation yet. So their ideas don't have any money behind it yet, right? Which means that they can't really foster material change unless they have the resources. But what you see is, you know, a shift away from, you know, their belief in established order and institutions and things of that nature, right? They're going into the age of Aquarius. And it goes to that old song. Into the age of Aquarius. You know that song? No, nah, I don't know that you song. You don't know that? Boy, you nah. ain't tapped in like that, man. I thought you was one of them rock nah, stars. No, I, I don't know that song. But I, um, you don't know the age of Aquarius song? No, nah, I really don't. Who sang it? Oh, man. You know, I had to, yeah. I, I do my homework tonight. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was up on stuff like that. My bad, That's probably like the one song I ain't hear. My bad, youngster. Don't even worry about it, youngster. I got you. Hold on. Let me I, just finish this. Let ahead. me finish this. Um, the relevance to the, to, the, to the black future is the age of Aquarius aligns with the goals of empowerment and unity, right? Creating mm -hmm. monolithic people, creating a global consciousness. What you have right now is a fight and a resistance against a natural shifting of things. The shift is in place. Yeah. So what you have is these systems fragmenting consciousness to keep people in disarray so that what's naturally going to happen is going to happen. We've, you, you, we've seen these things sort of arise, 
right, in the 70s and 60s, right? And then we seen them get broken up by the things that they threw at us, the crack, the gangs, the prison, yeah. right, all of the issues that have risen. Now, this is why you can't allow us to get focused, because if you allow us to focus, we naturally magnetize towards these things and amplify them, and we course correct ourselves, right, uninterrupted. So they have to constantly interrupt us, otherwise this age would just progress, and it would just be our natural progression of where we go to. So even when we talked about the disunity and the lack of monolith, it's because we're constantly disrupted, right? And we're constantly worrying about things that have nothing to do, right, with our progress. So we have to, during this time, you have to utilize the concepts of unity, technology, embrace spiritual awakening in the messaging, right? Which is what I do, yeah. right? I'm, I think I'm perfectly attuned <clears throat> for the times that we live in. Because that's where my mind is. I'm of this generation, right? And we can go into what a star seed is. This is a star seed generation as well. So it's a balance between the mystical elements while staying grounded, scientific with the approach to maintain credibility, and having the ability to appeal to broader audience. So the age of Aquarius is enlightenment plus technological progress yeah. plus unity. That's the framework. Yeah. Now, what would you go say? Now, I was gonna, I, you basically just answered it just now because I was going to say, like, can the rise of the um, digital technology and AI be seen as a fulfillment of the Aquarian? Of the, yeah, 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 that's all a part of it. Yeah. Everything is kind of going to a schedule. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's not a lot of things that humans don't predict that don't happen. This is the way things are. Things are seated inside, you know, um, the mind, and then they have to happen. Whatever we believe is going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. So the thing is, unless there's a new book, right, there's new prophecies that come out and people be like, oh, now these new prophecies say this is going to happen, right, then there's nothing to compete with the future from becoming. Right. As long as this is what we think is going to happen, that's the only thing that can happen. Right. Mm -hmm. There has to be a competing fortune being told to the people in order for there to be a resistance to compete with the ideas that we know. So somebody will have to say, no, this is the age of Taurus. Right. Yeah. Or this is the age of some new thing. And then that has to spread as a movement. And then those people believe that. And then they develop those ideas and, and that gets seeded into the conscience of their children. Yeah. And then that becomes a competing force for whatever age we're going into. But that doesn't exist. I want I want to break this down too. If you were just saying like what you say, ninety percent or seventy percent of the world is is um the, you say the folks that seventy years up. Yeah, let me get the direct uh quote to get facts on this. Yeah. Well anyway, well my question is No, go ahead. The the this generation, right, like you said, they're against our old structures and our old agendas. Anything new. I mean anything that's old, right? Mm-hmm. So with that thought in my mind, right, how do you think the future will look in the next ten years, twelve years, with us trying to build new systems and new structures? All as one, instead of it being so divisive. I think it looks like you know, I can't tell you exactly what it's going to Wait, look like. What do like. you envision personally, though, based on that ideology, that whole um, statistic? I believe the, I believe that that statistic has to be challenged by other statistics, right? So, number one, something other that I have built up here is about these information around 
the wealth disparities, right? So this is something that we often see seeded into the consciousness of black America is that, excuse me, we won't have anything in the future. That's mm. a crazy idea to think, right? Um, we went through 246 years of chattel slavery on record, even though it was actually more than that, right? We went through 400 years of this and still going through it. Um, it's the mismanagement of the Freedman um, Savings Bank, the 1921 Greenwood District Massacre. Uh, the discriminatory policies and laws of Jim Crow, GI bills, redlining, um, black codes, right? The destruction of all the black towns, the stolen wealth of all the land of black America, the constant, you know, discrimination that blacks face when it comes to getting loans at banks, uh, the fight that we have with diversity, equity, inclusion consistently daily um, in corporate America, um, it's the censorship of black voices, black ideas, right? Black power, black bodies. Uh, what we're faced with is a constant barraging and a constant war. Doesn't mean that we're victims because we have to fight like everybody else has to fight. There's somebody has to fight to keep us down. We have to fight to stay up, right? And, you know, during this fight is what I see. I see a generation that fights. I see a generation that decides that we are the last generation to be under someone. We are the last generation because, and it has to be because we won't take what previous generations have taken, yeah. right? I'm a representation of that, right? We, it is impossible for you to further the agenda into a new generation because we don't even believe in those ideas that allow you to push that into us, yeah. right? There are some things that naturally are going to happen that we're not going to like. But those things will die out. This generation go try everything. They they challenge everything. Right? I love it though. They <laughs> challenge everything and try everything. Yeah. You know, they challenge they challenge things that don't need to be challenged because they don't know. When you're deconstructing things, you mm -hmm. just start picking up everything. That's why they got three hundred and fifty six thousand genders, right? <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that things are going to come back in alignment, and I think eventually we will be a monolith. We will be a people that have singular focus, target, goal, and the ideas of what we believe that we're supposed to uphold, right? I believe that as we continue to see our focus and our skill management towards wealth, right, we're getting better and becoming more financially literate. We are seeing trends that goes towards us, you know, wanting to be more educated, enlightened, to become mm. more intellectual. We, are, we do see the tabloid culture, you know, bursting out, but what happens is that's going to have is is bus cycle like we're we're basically going to a point where you know um people always ask about bubbles in new industries and i think this media bubble that's happening right now is next year you're going to see a tabloid cycle entertainment right <clears throat> but the tabloid cycle of like gossip right mm -hmm. becoming seen as like news that people actually discuss and that becoming a conversation that's going to have to reach its height and that's going to die out and people are going to be so tired of it that when you have an extreme on one end, you need the extreme on the other end, right? So yeah. what it does is it it, it makes more, um, it, it, it validates and it makes what we do over here so much more important because yeah. there's entertainment, then there's information, then there's education, there's inspiration. And what people need is education and inspiration during this era right now. So I believe as we continue to educate and inspire a generation, they're gonna naturally form right into the Christ consciousness, the taqwa, the God consciousness, mm. into a people that will never or can't be tricked by the same things. So we're gonna show you all the tricks. 
We're going to show you all the yeah. things. It's just they're going to be fighting with the mechanical consciousness. They're going to be fighting with a technological devil that they're going to have to deal with. Right. Yeah. And we see that what we dealing with social media. Our devil is slicker than the devils of the past. Our devil gets you in your vices. Right. Yeah. Our devil says that you can be sober and still high because you're not sober on synthetic drugs. You're now you high. Got dopamine drugs. Yeah. From scrolling. Yeah. So you're, I got you're a high question on tech for drugs. all the viewers. Right. And this is a discussion that. That came up yesterday. I it was a thought in our mind yesterday. We was talking, we was going through social media and we see like like you said, all the gossip and shit. That's what's trendy. That's what pop up on the on the phone first, right? So my question is to y'all is what side of YouTube is you on? Now think about this for a second. What side of YouTube are you on? Are you on the gossip side? When I Hit your search engine. Do all I see is gossip, lads, and all of that shit, the bullshit. Or do I? Are you on the educational side? You know, are you learning new things, learning? You know what I'm saying? Learning new information that can help you advance in your life in all areas. What? What's your thoughts on that? Shit. Well, you know, most people, <laughs> you know, what side they on? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we talked about this because I was watching the Nobel Minds earlier. And I didn't even finish watching it, but it was a discussion about, it was a roundtable, rather, of Nobel Prize winners, right? Um, and these are supposed to be some of the greatest minds in the world. Now, the thing about that I, I found uh, interesting is, you know, I'm looking at these great minds, so-called great mm. minds, right? They have accomplished things in their respective fields, whether it's science, whether it's literature, philosophy, engineering whatever it may be they've accomplished something in their community and intelligentsia community they not intelligentsia but an intellectual community they get their respect they're scholars we don't have those sort of round tables anymore right and mm. so we have to rebuild those type of round tables because what gets spread and what we care about we can't name the top five i seen somebody made a post like forget your top five rappers who's your top five thinkers yeah. right like if those become, and it used to be synonymous, right? You listen to KRS-One, he, he'd make you think, right? You listen to, 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 to Rakim and you would think. You listen to Wu-Tang and you would think. So there was a, it was synonymous between your rappers and the thinking. But now it's not that, right? Your rappers don't make you think. Your rappers have to, you know, conform to the capitalist you know, agendas because they got sponsors. They got to make money and things of that nature. So they're not here to make you think. They're here to make you feel. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to think because it, it make them realize how much they are bullshitting real good. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's the reality of it. So they try to, like I said, they try to um, deflect away from that whole situation. I don't even want to think about it. I'm going to go to the club tonight, get drunk, and we'll try it again tomorrow. But then that becomes a cycle. Because now that's, that's your reward for when you get to thinking about it, you want to drink and smoke and get high. Yeah, that's why, you know, people don't want to think, but that's why you must, right? Yeah. Um, it's a hard thing to get people to think. Just the idea of thinking about, I want you to think through your problems. I want you to start from level one of, you know, first slowing down and developing awareness. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then level two, I want you to think outside of that awareness and go deeper into your problem. Why are you here? Right. I want you to go deeper into that root. What got you here? Mm. Right. What are the issues that keep you from seeing 
right? The cycle, right? Then it's like constantly stepping outside of self and going levels and levels outside of self. And some people I can see that they can't do that. Most people can't think for self. But when you surround your, it's, it's proven. You can watch movies that make you feel smarter and there's movies that make you smarter, right? You watch a movie like Limitless. It's going to make you feel smarter because you're watching people do smart things, right? You actually become like the people you're around. There's brain mechanisms that go off in your brain so where you literally mimic the people yeah. you're around. So if you're around smarter people, you either feel smarter or you become smarter. When you feel smarter, you're more confident about the things you do, right, which can make you smarter. So this is an important factor. If you're intaking intelligent content, a lot of people like feeling smarter. So they take in content that makes them feel smart, right? Yeah. Um, but there's a difference between content that makes you smart. I mean, you're actually learning, right? And so that's where you have to start, you know, curating what is it the thing that makes me feel smart and what is the thing that makes me smart, right? What is actually allowing you to become a better thinker, problem solver, um, what's making you more self-aware, what's allowing you to have a, a better, you know, critical thinking skills, right? Where you can examine and observe your life in all these different ways. I think that that's the key, you know, yeah. to unlocking that part of the culture is that, yes, we can be entertained, but does that entertainment advance you, right? Is it spiritual? Is it rhythmatic? Is it intellectual? Is it enlightening? And I think that if we continue to create content that enlightens so that there's balance in the world, then I think that that's where we can usher in that generation that says that, yeah, I want to go out, but where's the alternative to the club, right? Otherwise, we got to tell people to stay in the house. Mm. So if we create an alternative to the club and we create a scene that you can go to and it doesn't have to always be an over-sexualized scene or you don't always have to get drunk and high in that situation to enjoy yourself, now you're creating opportunities for you know, new type of engagement and new type of culture to be fostered. All right, so I, I seen, because you just reminded me of a study that I seen today. You say when you hang around smart people, you might feel smarter or possibly become smarter, right? So I had seen a news clip. It said the brain has a remarkable capacity to model self to others. People close to us become a part of ourselves. And that is not just a metaphor or poetry. It's very real, right? And um, I got a question, right? So let's say if we lose certain friendships, right? They A long-lasting friendship. Are we essentially losing a part of ourselves since we low-key mirror each other? Say that again. So I, if, you know, based on the study... If our makeup has mirrored our friends, right? Our, our makeup, what makes me as a person, who I, who is Steve, right? Let's say, for instance, if me and you wasn't friends anymore or whatnot, is that losing a part of yourself because we done took on certain characteristics of of, of each other that we probably ain't going to ever have again? Um, In a certain aspect? I don't think there's no such thing as losing yourself, per se. Um, it's like, think of like this. I, I, I think it's, I think so. There's, there's, there's this study about like, uh, one second, there's a study, it kind of goes into brain studies and structures, right? Because I think the word lose 
is is talking about something that we can't get back, right? Something that's mm. gone forever, right? And I think that it's a natural part of life and growth, right? I don't think it's a loss. It's like in your brain, you have these dendrites. There's these stems in your brain that if you don't use them, right, then they automatically fall off because you don't need them, right? You you can outgrow certain things, right? So it's the same thing with friends. Like you don't need the friends, then they fall off, right? right? And I don't think you lost them per se. It's just the natural advancement in life. And we don't really, we are too emotionally connected in a lot of different ways. And and mostly I would say that, I ain't gonna say, I ain't gonna say we're too emotionally connected, but I think that the immaturity within our emotions, it, it doesn't have spiritual value all the time, right? Your friends don't always have spiritual value. Yeah. And I think that that's where it is. And you gotta, we live in a society to where we sometimes become ambitious. And the friends don't have spiritual, financial, you know, any sort of value along the lines of development and reaching your zenith, your high self, optimizing, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to then evaluate, right? It's like being in a class and you want to become a doctor, right? And you got a, you got, you want to become a doctor, but you got history class. That's taking up so much of your time that you're failing at your medical studies, right? So what do you do? Oh, I'm dropping a lot of these history classes and I want to focus more on the medical side because this is actually directly in connection with my goals, right? So let's say you got some friends that are in direct connection with you. Y'all talk to them, y'all bouncing ideas. You know what I'm saying? You talk to them, y'all building. Like yeah. They make you feel energized. They make you feel good. Every time you talk to that person, you feel like you're ready to go supercharged up because y'all in that same area in life. And then you got other friends you talk to. It might just be when you want to be distracted and about gossip. Well, what happens when you no longer have that friend that you can go gossip to? You no longer have that crutch, right? Yeah. So now you only have the friends that are good for you. You only have the friends that helping you optimize along your journey. Right. And I think that that's important. So you cut off certain things so that you can focus on just the areas of growth, just mm. the strengths, because certain friends represent your weakness. Mm. They represent who you were, a lot not of, where you go. A lot of those friendships probably started because of trauma bonding in the first place. I had to explain that to um, to one of our good brothers. He was upset about something. I was like, man, you can't be mad at nobody having a, a a mutual friend or your enemy or something. A lot of them relationships that they have is probably through, like I said, trauma bonding. So you can't be upset the way you said they had a mutual friend. Right, so it. this the thing is, all right, make sure y'all right. like, make sure y'all press that thumbs up button right now in the video, and make sure you subscribe if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube page and send this out to a friend or a family member, somebody that will need this ASAP. Thank you, and I appreciate y'all. Get the likes up to a thousand. Uh, it, it was a, a scenario where, you know, let's, I'm going to use us for an example since it's three of us. You don't like Solomon, but I ain't meet Solomon through you. I met him on my own terms. But you mad because I associate with Solomon, but I had to break it down to him like, bro, you don't know how these people met. They probably met in a, in a terrible time and bonded. You don't know that situation. You can't, that don't mean that. He'll put you in a position where y'all are crashing or bring them around in your environment or nothing like that. But you can't control how people deal with each other, you know what I'm saying, or, or build friendships. You, you can't know? control it, but, I mean, you wouldn't be a good friend if you didn't speak truth to your friend. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I think that a good friend is going to tell their friend what they believe that they should know, whether they want to hear it or not. Mm. And you would do it at the risk of losing a friend. You know what mm. I mean? Because you believe there's certain, like the way some people do friendship and the way they give value to people is different. Some people want to be around and make you feel good, right? Like that's how they give to people in their life. I want to make people feel good. I'm, I'm around and make you laugh and make you forget about your problems and your stresses. That's the way that some people show love, right? Other people is to get you on track. Like they believe that yeah. if they're helping you optimize and get better at life, right? That's their goal. Like I got to speak some truth. I got to be a, a, a angel on the shoulder. You know what I mean? I got to be that one person in their life that's going to tell them. So if I see you with somebody that I feel like, because that's a part of you. So if you yeah. with somebody that I think is a sucker, then I got to start looking at you as a sucker. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, damn, what do y'all have in common? Right? So it's also a representation of a person telling you, like, I right, like if that's your partner, then we can't be partners because it's like, if I find them to be a sucker and we not aligned on that, right, then that's a misalignment. You feel me? It's kind of like a relationship with your lady and she got a friend that's a, she on some super old thought, <laughs> you know, catching her body every single me, day. Dude, she ain't like that. And it's like, listen, <laughs> you can deny it, but I'm going to judge you off your friends as yeah. well. You know what I mean? Because it's, there's something about that that you're comfortable with. So that lets me know something about you, whether you're telling me or not. Right. So it's the same thing with male friends and female friends. Like, hell yeah, your friends are an extension of who you are. Right. Mm. If, if you've seen me friends with a sucker, part of me is a sucker. You know what I'm saying? I got to be able to explain that. Like, no, nah, I don't really rock a little bro like that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's you feel me? I give them advice and everything, try to steer them on the right path. Mm. But I don't see it as equal peership like me. Now, I do. I do agree that conversations like that are necessary in friendships. Because, like I said, we got to always have an understanding. And, you know, the only way to have an understanding is through communication. But what do you got to say when people try to use the defense mechanism? Well, I know from another side, I know another side of this person or whatnot. They, I, I don't have that same relationship that you have with that particular person, you know? I mean, that's fine. You can know whatever side you want to. You know what I'm saying? But we know two different but now, sides. now you just done with it. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm that type of person. You know me, man. When I'm done with you, I'm done with you. It ain't really too much you can explain to me yeah. about that person because it don't matter at that point. I, I'm not even trying. To, I'm not trying to even get to know that side. Mm. I'm a. I'm. You know. I'm not like somebody asked a question about astrology. In the, I'm not a very big astrology person, but I do fall in the fifth month, and I believe that there's an planetary alignment, universal alignment, whatever you want to call it personality type that when I'm done with somebody, I'm done with them. When I see you in a certain light, it is very hard for me to not see you in that light. Mm. And when I cut you off, you know what I mean? It ain't no way to get back on. I don't like reattaching. Man. You feel me? So it's one of those things to where once I see you a certain way, then I kind of freeze frame that a bit. You feel me? And you got to really work your way out of that because once you become my enemy, you know, but at the same time, like, I can respect the enemy sometimes more than I can respect the lost friend. You know what oh, I'm saying? Because an sure. enemy don't like you can even you can respect your enemies. You know what I mean? Y'all can just have found yourselves on two different sides of the coin. It don't mean that this not a respectable person. Warriors oftentimes respect each other, but friends can be more conniving and sneaky than enemies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they are smiling in your face like they your ace whole time want to see you replaced. <laughs> you on, feel man. me? <laughs> now, I ain't gonna lie though. Like me personally, on my journey I'm to life. I'm cold with that up. Once we fall out, 
You died in this movie. Y'all ain't gonna even yeah, lie to you. Yeah, once the character dies off, I don't wanna yeah, see you come back. Me. Ain't no resurrection or none of that shit. You like Robert De Niro Iron Man, man. Look, For man, me. your death meant something, man. We'll keep you gone in this movie. Cause it's like, it ain't no way like I can like come past that and then bring you into the new version of me and like yeah. bring you around. No, it won't happen. You'll never Yeah, know, I, I, never I don't have grace for a sucker, man. No. Because and, and it's not to say that I think you a bad person forever. It's just that I'm not gonna put you back in my circle group. It's, That's the difference. It's I gonna, can see it's gonna be some people are. that say people change, but you you could change, but you just I don't I, I don't want to see you change. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not never, that I don't want to see you change. I don't care about you change. I'm never said it's you couldn't with. change. I never said you're not a better yeah. person. I definitely believe in redemption. Yeah, I believe that if a culture doesn't have redemption then it's not a culture you should be a part of. If society doesn't have a process for redemption, it's not worth being a part of. I 100% hmm. believe that. Doesn't mean that I, it's like, you know, let's say we got a tribe and you come back to the, 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 the community within that tribe, you've done me wrong, right? Yeah, and you, you did whatever process of redemption, I'm gonna respect the process of redemption. Brett did what he had to do, he came forward, was truthful, I believe you changed. Blah, blah, blah is like 100%. But we're not building on top right. of that. Doesn't mean that we have to be friends, yeah. but I can be cordial with you. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. I can respect you, right? We can move on from it, but we don't get back what we lost. That's just not how I am. Mm. You know what I'm saying? What about that one time? No, I'm just playing. Ain't no one time. <laughs> you know me, man. Ain't no one time. And it, it's hey. unfortunate because I got people that I lost. I wish I didn't because I have so much respect for them. Man. That's 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 the unfortunate. That's some the crazy people, thing. some people, you almost see it coming. Like, all right, that's that's unfortunate. But some people, they can did you wrong, but you had so much respect for them, you wish it would have landed out different. Man, I, I I'm going through a situation like that, and I had to tell them the truth. Like, I love you too much for beef, so I'm accept that. But at the same time. You will never get this new number. You will never know where I'm at, where I stay. None of that. Like you won't even see me on social media no more, unless you're on YouTube or something. You know. That's a fact. Other than that, like I had to cut it off, but it, it hurt. But at the same time, it's necessary to end ties like that. Cause like you said, once you start accepting sucker shit, it becomes a part of you. <laughs> yeah, and I don't do that. You know, whatever whatever part of me that doesn't allow me to go there, I actually like that part of me. It keeps me safe. It keeps me grounded. I, I, like I said, I wholeheartedly believe in people's mm. redemption stories, though. I'm not that type of person that don't believe a person can change, yeah. can't change. I believe that. I believe most of the time, like, the, by, by, by the time when a person changed, you know what I mean, and you still holding a grudge. Like, that's why I think it's so counter culture to where when we see a lot of the exposure culture that goes on, it's yeah. like a lot of those people, by the time they're getting exposed, they've already changed who they are, which is why you don't get new allegations you get old ones right yeah. and i think that that's a representation because it's mostly when a person changes it's when a person exposes them right it's not when it happened so if something is 10 20 30 40 years ago that person may have already become a completely new person mm -hmm. it's different when a person got something that happened five months ago six months ago a year ago right that's that's a little different right and you know i think that we just we we as a society I don't think we need all the friends that we have a lot of times. I think we have access to many people, right? I think the new generation look at the idea of their friends as like connection. So any there's different points of connection, right? 
I can know you on social media, right? That doesn't mean I consider you to be a friend. Yeah. Not at all. If I know you just through social media, you're not a friend. But you potentially could be because we have to have a physical point of connection for me to know you. But I can know you like a friend. You know what I'm saying? Like I know so much about you that it feels like you're my friend. But I can't trust you until I have experience. Mm, right. Right. So in, in, in the real yeah. world. Yeah. So you can't be a friend without trust. Yeah. So if there's no experience of me trusting you and our relationship being put to the test, then I can't truly count you as a friend. But you can start off with an A. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I always know the potential. Damn. I, I know the potential yeah. is there for things to go left. You feel me? So that's the way I kind of look at things. And then if, if, if somebody has been around for years, I still, I'm still always weary. You feel me? Sometimes you will let certain things happen. It may be some person get out of pocket and they trip one night. You know what? We got history. I know their character more than I know, you know what I mean, those moments. Their character... The reason I'm cool with them is because their character has been the same throughout this movie that we've been in together. A relationship mm. is a movie you got with a person, right? And as long as their character remains the same, you know what I mean, or somebody that's solid in that movie y'all got together, because with everybody y'all got a different movie, it's a different storyline, right? But when sometimes you can do things out of character, and you be like, all right, that was out of character for them. But if they do things out of character, then it becomes their character when they do it too much. So then I got to bleed the news. The new character that you have and be like, I got to decide I don't rock with this new character. You know what I mean? Or if I become out of character mm. and I develop into a new, I have to adjust and be like, I can't rock with the old characters I used to rock with because I'm a new character now. You know what I mean? And I believe that that's what growth and prosperity comes in. And a lot of people don't grow. A lot of people are not destined to grow. A mm. lot of people just need grows. Now, I got one last question before we end the show, but before I even get to my question, I want to see if the viewers got a question, because I want to end the show with this specific question that I got for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I got something I want to say, too. So, after this, so because I told them I was going this, the holistic psychologist had oh, yeah, posted yeah. eight harsh truths for 20-year-olds. Number one was everybody was responsible for their choices and behaviors at the end of the day. It's, on, it's always on us. So it's about taking accountability, right? Um, I think that that's pivotal because if you got children or if you're in your 20s and some people in their 30s still ain't learned this, everybody is responsible for their choices and behavior. That means you can't blame family. You can't blame friends. You don't blame the world. It's all on you. And then it allows you to see other people for who they truly are to be like, oh, they had that choice that they made. You know what mm. I mean? Whether they did it out of ignorance or consciousness, they still made that. So now I have to believe they are who they are. And they also grant you ownership over self to be like, I made that choice. That was me. That was my fault. I didn't have to. Um, number two, people's opinions are mostly projections. You can learn from all feedback, but also know it's extremely biased. Nothing is personal. I wish I'd have learned that even younger. You know what I'm saying? Because... Mm. You took sometimes people projections as the truth, you know what I mean. But those opinions it's, it's, weren't real. It's biased because the way they was, you know, what I'm saying the ideology and, and thought concept that they learned as yeah. a as an individual. That's why it's going always. That's in general. It's a projection. <laughs> Shit. You know what I mean? What a person's saying about you, they're <clears throat> they're projecting from yeah. something they believe about themselves. Right, so that's the important that's, thing to and know. That's why, like, when you make your accomplishments, the people who you be wanting to root for you. 
that don't really root for you, and you be feeling like, damn, why, why they ain't giving, why I ain't getting that support? It's because shit, it ain't, it ain't that they ain't want to see you win. They just ain't believe that you can do it. <laughs> yeah, they ain't never seen nothing like that before, you know. And then it say, um, you can learn from everybody, but also know it's extremely biased. So you have yeah. to learn how to filter the things that you learn from people based on who they are, who you are, and the connection that y'all have as well. And that goes into deeper layers of thinking, which we can go into at another time. Number three is people pleasing is an attempt to control people's perception of us. Once you face that, you can finally start to let it go. Um, a lot of pretty women go through this, the pretty girl syndrome. They become yeah. people pleasers, right? And it's a, it's a constant people pleasing syndrome that just they can't quit, right? Um, always trying to be seen good. So when you're like told that you're the good child, you always want to be seen good. So you're always presenting yourself in a way where you're constantly people pleasing. You're not taking up space and you're like, oh, you say you apologize a lot. I'm sorry. And you're doing the thing that people want you to do instead of the thing that you, you want really to do. Want to do yeah. You know what I mean? So people pleasing, you're trying to control somebody else's perception to make you make them think that you're good instead of just being yourself and recognizing I'm good regardless. Yeah. Uh, They're looking for that validation, huh? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Number four, there might not be the one. Focusing on finding the perfect person takes away from the time you could be learning how to self-regulate and communicate. Uh, the one. I, I don't know if I agree with that or not, but I think that the one is just an idea of somebody that you find alignment with at the time when you find them. Hmm. Right? So, you know... The person may not be the one for you at that time. If you meet them at another time, because here's, here's the whole thing. It says that's the time you could be learning to self-regulate and communicate. If you meet the one at a time where you don't know how to regulate your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, self, your shadows, triggers, boundaries, all of that, then you can meet the one at the wrong time. You know what I'm mm. saying? Then the one got to do a one-two step out your life. You <laughs> feel me? Because you treated them wrong. So then you gotta get your shit together. So yeah. Spin the block. <laughs> yeah. So you want to make sure that it's, even it might if, be too late then. But that's the whole thing. You gotta learn to self regulate. Like if this if if it's for you, what's the point of meeting the right one at the wrong time? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta take that ill before it happens. You know what? But that requires a lot of like deep self regulation, a lot of deep internal self mastery to be like. I ain't even ready for yeah, that. Right yeah, that goes you back to me? that decision making. Yeah. You got to shit. <laughs> it is what it is. I should have, damn, oh, I want you, but I know I'm going to mess this I'm gonna up. I'm going to just test my luck. <laughs> Hopefully when I get it back together, I'm, I'm spinning the block on you. Though. I'll be back. Straight up. Number five, not everything needs to be fixed. The wisest mm. people know how to sit with the pain and the suffering people and suffering people experience without saying or doing much of anything. I think like I think that that goes into um, thinking that you have control over everything, and the 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 absence of control is power because it's flow, right? You know, a leaf dropped into a river doesn't control anything; it flows with the energy, and so sometimes you have to you have to go through things to get through things. Yeah, I mean, which means you have to flow through things. You cause so much friction trying to go against, and sometimes that means trying to fix. You have to let things be broken sometime, right, and then move forward. And I've learned that in life. Everything can't be fixed, right? And when you are able to recognize things that can't be fixed, it's a whole nother wisdom in that. 
to where you just take a step back and you observe, it's gone, it's over, I'll move forward with this. Whether that's in business, you know what I mean? Whether that's internal within self, I think when it's within self, it's always fixable if you're willing to fix it, right? But when you're talking about um, things that are outside of self, mm. everything can't be fixed. And the wisdom to know the things you should work on and things that you shouldn't is completely different. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you need more resources to fix certain things. Yeah. So you pick up the things that you can fix. And then when you gather the resources, the intelligence, the ability, whatever it is, to fix something else, then you deal with it. I see people all the time try to fix the world before they fix themselves. That's a bar right there. They try to fix the world before they fix yeah. themselves. <laughs> I might have to make that my uh, Instagram. You cap. feel me? You feel me? <laughs> yeah, you Come on with it. All right. We all self-sabotage. Number six, we all self-sabotage. We all have narcissistic traits. We all have self-doubt. It's just a part of being human. Um, I, I wholeheartedly believe everybody is a narcissist to a degree. And it's the reason that narcissists are successful. Right, because they know how to focus on self, they know how to make something about them, they know how to absorb the moment, they know how to find clever ways to get people to do things, which is manipulation. They know how to lead a lot of times, right? Um, everybody's a narcissist to a degree, especially in this new society, right? People are very narcissistic, but if you can't, as a person, recognize your own narcissism, that's when it gets out of control, and that's when it becomes in front of you and it controls you. Right, mm -hmm. but everybody's a narcissist to a degree, and we all self sabotage. We see things, and we self sabotage a lot of times because we think that we're not worthy of things sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? We think that we're not good enough, so we sabotage those things. We could be a relationship and you think somebody is better than you, right? So you will self sabotage. So I think that being able to recognize that is a, a, a very keen um, trait within a person's self. But that's just going to be in the human being. Man. You ain't supposed to be perfect. Oh, yeah. um, there's number seven. No one has to be perfect. Uh, <laughs> no one has a perfect life, rather. Stop romanticizing the life of others. We all carry things we don't talk about. Man, I think. I said comparison is the thief of joy. Well, they, they, ain't that the saying? Yeah. People get to comparing themselves to everybody else. Uh, um, and then on, when you compare yourself to social media, you're only seeing the highlights of people's life, you know. So that's even dumb to even try to compare yourself, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, and there's no point. You can only be you. You, yeah. And then we romanticize people like couple goals. We learned that couple goals was the worst thing to have. Almost everybody that people made their couple goals have lost. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, all of a sudden, people don't want that will and jet of love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because we romanticize other people alive in our mm. mind, we fantasize and make it perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? We romanticize people's success. You know what I mean? As if their road to success was perfect. No. If you don't, you have to imagine the ugliness behind the beauty, right? If you look at a pretty girl, there are a lot of times there's so much insecurity. Yeah. There's so much doubt. There's so much constant numbness. There's so much that she has to sacrifice to be in the world because she doesn't feel much about herself other than her looks, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's insecure because she knows that there's always somebody prettier, right? So it's like you can romanticize a person's looks. You can romanticize what a person has. Everybody has a story behind the story, right? It's always a behind the scenes. And if you can't wrap your mind around that, then you're living in the fantasy delusion, 
And this is why your life can never be good enough because you're romanticizing everybody else's to be perfect. Mm. Um, number eight, last but not least, quick fixes are popular because healing takes time. New habits and consistent commitment. Um, everybody loves a New Year's resolution. I believe in New Year habits. What habits do you want to take on that will form the new you, that will allow you to reach new goals? Healthy habits. Healthy habits, right? So, you know, healthy habits, especially like I talk about it, America is overweight. America is undereducated. America is underemployed, right? Uh, Americans don't have enough money, right? So... You want to make sure that you're beating the statistics in America. You don't want to do things that average Americans do. Otherwise, you become an average American, right? Average Americans facing poverty, depression, whatever it may be. So you want to work out, right? You want to go against the grain. Average American don't have a six-pack. I ain't saying you got to go for it. So you don't have to develop one. But even going for one is something the average American don't eat, right? Average American, especially black Americans, go get heart disease, right? Diabetes, um, uh, nowadays, these children are developing different cancers and they can't even understand why, right? The average person is dying at an early age, right? There has been, I think, 150,000 more deaths in America and they couldn't figure out why, right? Some people were saying that it was uh, di di not diabetes, but, you know, obesity. But the guy was like, well, we always had obesity, but now we're probably in the stages where we're seeing the effects of it. Yeah. And of course, again, you deal with the shots. So you got the shots and you don't know the effects of the shots a long time. And so you're getting all these unexplained deaths in America. Your goal is to create habits that go against these negative trends, right? Yeah. People are depressed and they can't focus. So meditation, prayer, right? Spending time in nature. Um, you know, uh, finding you a coach, finding you a community to be a part of that's healthy, um, boundaries in relationships, practicing effective communication styles. All of these different things will start setting you above, learning how to deal with people in a world where people don't know social cues and they're socially inept because they're always behind the computer, so they don't know how to advance and create relationships. People are not good salesmen anymore. They're all, mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to trick you with their content and it sucks, right? So if you start developing habits to where you're studying, you're learning, you're developing, right? You're going to find yourself at the top percentage of society. It's that simple. Most of society is overspoiled, right? And they don't really think that much. So if you start to think and you start to develop these habits and you educate yourself and you freeze frame and look at yourself or who you are right now and said, is this who you want to be for the rest of your life? And then you put up a hologram of yourself in your mind of who you really want to be. And you look at that person and you got to decide this person in the middle, you get to go left or you get to go right. If you go this direction, you have to do a bunch of things that you're not used to doing. Right. You got to take it step by step every single day, finding a way to become that person degree by degree, level by level, stage by stage, step by step, book by book, brick by brick. You know what I'm saying? But eventually... You become that God that you got in your mind. Mm. So the, the people that have a question, right? So I'm going to just get into this question before we end it out. But first, um, I'm going to remind y'all, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to you know, increase engagement on this, um, this video today. 
But before I leave out, this is a question that was proposed to me last night. I had got a text message from one of my friends who I've been, you know, building with the last couple of months. And she was like, if you had 30 seconds, no, if you had the entire world attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? And I'm going to start my timer right now. You got 30 seconds. What would you tell these people? The future is dependent upon your ability to recognize that you are God. There are gods of this world. Some of those gods are devils. Those gods control institutions. They control your education. They control your media. Some of them have infiltrated so deep into the ideas that you believe that they control your mind. If they have all of that power, imagine the type of power that you have when you disconnect and you reconnect to who you are to becoming a god. Second, you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready, man. Talk so on him. that note, make sure you tap into the Man to Man podcast. Make sure you like coming. and subscribe. We're going to keep ASAP. coming with the heat, for sure, for sure. And we appreciate you all for, you know, tapping in with us. And we'll catch you next time. Comment your best part below. Oh. Oh, oh. Press the thumbs up. Make sure you go to crowns19.com. Go get your crowns. Uh, make sure you go to goldewater.com. Go get your gold water. Support the mission. We do have the mentorship. We have the Egypt trip coming up, spring 2024, front of the Giza pyramids. We're going to have um, a lot of different things that we got coming up in 2024. I appreciate y'all's support. I love y'all. It's been a man to man podcast. You got something you want to say for me? Oh, what? yeah, I did. Um... Last episode, we told someone if they sent me a DM, we're going to get you the pair of the um, Crown Society glasses. And I'm true to my word. I'm going to DM you and send you a, um, your gift. So you got to make sure you send me your um, information. I can't um, pull it up right now. I would have said your name out loud, but I think it was Aisha. So Aisha. I'll be tapping.